All right, guys. Our next guest is a UFC Hall of Fame, a former UFC champion, King of Pancrase movie star, and commentator on one of the most exciting shows on TV, Karate Combat. I mean, this man needs really no real introduction, but we'll give him one anyway. Friend of the show, El Guapo, Bus Written. Welcome back to Submission Radio. I thought you didn't have the cigar, but it turns out you do have the cigar, so we're very happy to have you. Listen, if I, if I do an interview, I always sit outside. You know why? Because the light is coming straight on my face, and it means you can't see the wrinkles as much. Mm. And if I'm outside, I like to smoke a cigar. So, And it's not inhaling. By the way, I have a, I had a, how do you call it, rheumatic fever when I was a kid, so I had to do heart tests every year, stress tests. And even my surgeon said, as long as you don't inhale, you're okay to smoke cigars. So Very nice. And, of course, for the O2 trainer, I mean, you could really put anything in your mouth and smoke it, right? You've got the lungs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A little young Danish boy roaming the forest. Forest, but let's talk about uh, this IG photo that I saw, man. Because I saw a great photo of you and Judo Jean Labelle back in 1995 on your Instagram. Judo Jean Labelle, he's been on the show a few times. We're big fans of him. But tell us what, a little bit about your relationship with him through the years. We imagine you would have had some fun times and stories with that legend. Jean is just the best. I remember I was one time I was sitting at an event and uh, and he knew it was my birthday somehow, and he gave me a stiletto. Like, like, push, and I go, kick, the knife comes out. I still have it. I literally, like, two days ago, I, I, it's in my lock next to where I hold all the weapons. And I go, oh, my God, this is from Gene. And it still, uh, it works perfect. So, so that's Gene LaBelle for you, this guy. When I met him the very first time, it was so weird because I was teaching at the LAPD. But uh, the Machados were there, and Coco Civici was there, and Gene LaBelle was there. But I, I was still 95. I'd never seen Gene. I didn't know who he was because I'm from Holland. I had no clue. And this weird guy, I was going over leg locks with people. And this weird guy with red hair was constantly saying, perfect. <laughs> Unbelievable, really well. And I, and I go like, who is this guy? And then a friend of mine who got me over here, Federico Lapenda, he said to me, hey, you got to meet this guy. This is Judo Gene LaBelle. This guy is a legend. And that's why we connected. And uh, and ever since, he's just uh, been an unbelievable person. Wow. Hang on. So stiletto is in a shoe that had a knife in the heel. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. I wish I had one of those. Uh, <laughs> no, no. I have the, you, you push a button and it comes. Ah. It comes. That was one of those knives. You got to push it back with a little lever on the side, click. Mm -hmm. But if you push it, it uh, pops out right away. Highly illegal. I cannot have it on the street. So. <laughs> also, you don't need it on the street anyway. Your bar's written. So, uh, yeah. So, some you're, a human, you're a human stiletto bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, there's more scary things to, to worry about than a knife from, from bar's room. But I was going to say, with Judo Gene, did he ever tell you the story of him and uh, Steven Seagal? I know you're in Hollywood as well. Did you guys ever talk about that story? No, he, he uh, Gene is, uh, uh, you know, in the Hollywood business, and especially a person like him, he, he cannot, simply cannot do that because then, you know, he might not be get invited back. So uh, he, he always been quiet about it, but the people who were there, and I've been talking to the guys who actually were there, they they, uh, they said, no, it's all it's all for real. Apparently, he peed himself as well. So uh, the second time, so it, it happened twice. He said that he couldn't choke him out. Then he said, you're wrong. He did it. Then uh, he choked him out. And then the second time he said, I wasn't ready for it. Apparently, this is the story. And uh, he did it again. And then apparently he peed his pants as well. So, you know, that's the story. But I heard. Jeez. Well, I'll tell you what. I'd like to say that that's probably one of the most fascinating stories from Gene's life. But for those who haven't checked him out, definitely do. Because the guy coordinator fight scenes for Elvis. He refereed the Muhammad Ali boxing match. He was one of the innovators of MMA, pro wrestling, all sorts of stuff. The guy's an absolute legend. Speaking of other legendary things, Bas, we saw uh, this month earlier on, it was your anniversary with your, of your win over Maurice Smith. 
and pancreas. And I'm just wondering, man, when you think back to all those classic moments in the company, um, what kind of stands out to you as your favorite ones? You know, <clears throat> this one I particularly liked. Why? I tell you why. I lost my last Thai boxing match to Frank Lopman, a fighter in Holland, a Thai boxer. And then when I fought Maurice Smith, he just knocked out Frank Lopman like seven months before he fought me. And then for me uh, to realize that I was doing so well on my feet that Maurice Smith tried to take me down, I think that was a, that was that was a, a big a big moment for me because I thought, oh wow, this is cool because that he he actually knocked the guy out that I lost to, you know, and and he's taking me down because you know on the feet it was going really well for me. So yeah, those moments are very important to me, and of course yeah, the the big ones as well. I remember the first time when I fought uh, Suzuki for the title. When I, well, first time I fought Suzuki, it wasn't for the title, and then the second time I fought him for the title because then he was the champion and I beat him. And uh, and they said it was a guillotine, but it was the front kick that I gave him because I gave a front kick. And you know when you don't feel that you're kicking something solid. That means he was breathing in probably when I was kicking him and he went straight through it. That's where he went down and he went right away for a guillotine and immediately because we were even with the rope escapes, we were close to the rope, but he tapped right away. But I, I felt my foot going into the solar plexus. So I think that the real reason was there was the, the kick to the front kick to the solar plexus. Oh man, the solar plex strikes just give me nightmares. When I think of you mm -hmm. and Pancrase, I just think of all the open-handed strikes, uh, especially to the liver. Um, I know you've got like all these uh, awesome fight stories and like over the years you've told us some really cool ones. Um, have you have you ever hit a, an open palm strike to somebody's liver on, on the street uh, in, in some kind of altercation? No, 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 no. And, and, and to, uh, to, the, uh, to the body I would close fist, you know, uh, with the liver shot. Uh, the re reason I'm not doing it on the street is because I come from karate and when you spar in karate, some people have high hips. Like my hips, for instance, is my hip bone is here, but some people have the bones here. And that's the most mistake you make, you know. You think you're giving them a body shot and then you hit the hip with your hand. Well, your hand's going to lose that game. So on the street, I would never go for a body shot. Now, if he would be bare-chested, would be on the beach or something, <laughs> so I can aim and I, I know exactly I'm not going to hit a hip. Yeah, then I, I would go for a body shot. But a body kick, you know, I, I like to do that as well, especially, you know, when people are, you know, a, a little drunk, you know. So the, I always think, you know, if somebody is drunk, he doesn't really know that he wants to fight you, you know. Why would I beat that guy up. So if I can get get away with like a low kick, because if they don't know what a low kick is, you give a one low kick, fight's over. I mean, if they never experienced that, a charlie horse with your knuckle mm. already hurts. You can only imagine if I slam a, ch a shin in that thigh, fight's over. He's, he cannot walk anymore. Plus, you know, he, you don't beat him up. That's, I think, uh, pretty important. Or a body shot you can do as well. Then again, body shots, you know, especially if they're drunk and if they're inhaling and at the moment you hit the body shot, something can go wrong. Like with Jason DeLucia, he was inhaling when I hit him at my liver shot and, uh, and it literally split his liver, you know, which is a dangerous thing. I thought I missed him. So because I thought by the because he was breathing in, the muscles were completely relaxed. I just slid through all the muscles, you know, and then later on you see it going through. Yeah, that's the moment you want to hit somebody when he's breathing in. That's why maybe I told this story on the you guys. My second fight, I actually I timed that because I was so dead tired. I was I was caught in an arm bar. I wanted to quit. I wanted to tap because I was throwing up in the background. I, I had, they let me travel eight hours. And then, but then they started chanting for my for my uh, opponent, and mm -hmm. then my ego got the best of me, and I got out of the armbar. And uh, but I didn't have a lot of power left. And I remember having in, in like a front guillotine, but the guillotine was not on. But I pulled his his uh, arm to the side, and I saw him breathe. <sighs> and as soon as he breathed in for the third time, I need him. 
and he went down hard. And then he was not really that super hard, but that's where you can see that it doesn't need to be hard. If you breathe in and you get hit, you can do 5,000 sit-ups a day, you'll still go down. Yeah, I mean, the, the Jason Delucia one is just a, an absolute classic. Uh, just on the, on the like leg kick, have you ever had to do that to someone? Like uh, someone pissed you off, not that much, so you were like, I'll just give him a leg kick just to settle this person down. No, no, I, I, uh, on the street, I never did that one. I, I did for fun, you know, when somebody's asking about it, you do a little laugh there, but that's the thing you don't want to, you know what the weird was, I was with my wife, we were at the Asakusa Shrine, that's in, in, in Tokyo, it's a big shrine, it's really beautiful, you know, a temple, and uh, suddenly this this bus came, and they started screaming at me, bus with it, bus with it, bus with it, and it was completely packed with like, uh, kids between 16 and 20 years of age and they all came out and instead stood in one line and I had to hit him They asked me to please hit him So it was like weird. I look at my wife. I say, yeah, I'm gonna get it So I go like look and they were like offended when I my wife goes like I think you have to hit him harder because they don't look happy I go, okay, bomb and I go, oh, they go, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I go, this is crazy and that's why I or somebody asked me for a low kick, but I did very gentle because you know, you don't want to, it's going to stay with them for two, two, three days. You can't walk, you can't sit down. You know, it's a, it's a painful thing to do. Mm. It's funny with the low kick and kicks in general, because for people that haven't been kicked before, it's easy to sit back on the couch and be like, oh, it's just a low kick. But once you have been kicked, it's an absolute game changer and you never want to feel that pain again. Are you surprised that with uh, UFC, even modern day UFC, uh, we're still so far behind the curve when it comes to certain kicks being used. Like just recently, we saw Israel utilize the calf kick, and now everybody's starting to use the calf kick a lot more. Are you surprised yeah. that some of the slow progression with some of these kicks not really being utilized for such a long time, and then one kick becoming popular, and now everybody's trying to use the same kick in, in these fights because they believe in it, but not until it becomes popular. Yeah, well, low kicks, we had the Jose Aldo, right? I mean, he was tearing mm. people up. Remember that at the beginning? I mean, his low kicks were insane. I, I loved it. You know, but the, the, things, the, uh, the thing is that once you fight a guy and you know he's fast low kicks and you change your stance, you make it a more open stance and you have your, your front foot and toes are pointing out to the side. So you only literally have to lift it up, you know, your leg in order to check it with your shin. That's the moment they don't want to kick you because these really fast kickers, what they do, they kick with the flat part of the shin. Want to, ah, who says, you know, if you get, okay, this, you, imagine this is your shin bone. I know it's not, but you know, imagine this shin bone. It's really hard to break a shin bone like or, or this, like this, but it's much easier to break it like that, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the flat part of your shin is here at the front. If you don't turn over your hip, then you don't hit him with this part, which is very strong. It's very hard to break. But if you hit him with the flat part, you know, you might snap your shin. And that's why you see uh, Tyron Spong, he mm. broke his shin bone like that. Uh, uh, Anderson Silva, actually, he didn't turn in his hip. And I was with the flat part against what Whiteman that he hit him. And every single time when you see somebody snap his leg, like karate combat. We had a karate combat. The main event, this was in uh, Greece. And they have an open stance. That means one southpaw, the other one is orthodox. And they give an inside low kick, and, and but low, uh, like on the calf. And I go, I'm commentating. I say, he should not do that. He can break his shin real easy. I said, as soon as I said real easy, he kicked him again, pop, broke his shin more than half. I mean, it was right there. So the trick is to turn up. That's why those ties, they kick from above to down. Because now, you see, you hit with this strong part of that shin, so to say. But the bad thing about kicking like this is, it takes more time, so uh, it's it's not as fast. That's why they like to use the the fast kick, but that's a, it's a very dangerous one if the person who you're fighting knows how to 
check it. Mm. Shout out to Benson Henderson, who was using the calf kick uh, way way before it was cool back in the day. Uh, but you mentioned yep. karate combat. Um, I want to ask you this, right? Like, and you also mentioned the stances. You know, you see a lot of guys in the UFC, guys like Conor McGregor, Stephen Thompson, you know, Robert Whitaker, really use, utilizing a lot of karate movements, which I guess is really cool that you know you got karate combat, which is just it in its purest form. But who who do you think is sort of I guess made the best transition from karate to um, to MMA, or at least utilize karate in the best way in MMA? Leonardo Machida obviously comes to mind as well. Yeah, Leona Machida, then you got uh, Joshua Quayhagen, who is actually competing in in the uh, in karate combat, but he is also a mixed martial artist. He does it really well. Um, yeah, karate cast, I, I think... Uh, I mean, GSP doesn't really use karate, but he does kind of use principles of it mm. when he moves around. Yeah, that's the thing. The real basic stats, karate stats, is just, it's very hard. Although, I have to say, you know, for instance, uh, Conor McGregor, who is who's a southpaw, and if he stands in this really low stance and in one line, he he puts his thigh, the inside leg, in such a position, it is very hard to kick it because it's it's almost in one line. Ah, how do I say that? You want me to see if I can do this? Sure. Mm-hmm. I'll do it like that. So that's a back in the back. Look, if he stands like this and they want to give an inside low kick, he's going to ah. make like or it slides up. Mm-hmm. So if I would... Face Conor McGregor, I would tell my student to start switching stands and low kicks because for him it's going to be impossible to block this low kick. And especially if you're standing like this, you you're not going to be fast enough. But low kicks attack on that front leg in the southpaw position, that would be my advice if I had a student who would fight uh, Conor McGregor because then you have a target. But otherwise, you don't have a target. You might kick your knee. Mm, it's fascinating. You know who else? Stipe. I feel like when Stipe moves in and out backwards with the strikes, he's got almost a little bit of karate movement in him too speaking of conor mcgregor man uh, you mentioned the conor McGregor, if you would have fight con if, if one of your students was to fight conor mcgregor and i'm curious what do you think of this rematch with dustin because a lot of people are trying to predict what's going to happen in january when they meet each other again so much is different but then so much is the same and there's so many question marks i suppose more around conor mcgregor now because he's been away for so long how do you actually see this rematch going Oof, it's you know listen uh, the 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 diamond he he grew a lot you know he's 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 a completely different fight but then again you know Conor did that as well he's got his great hands you know can he stop the takedowns because now everybody knows well let me see he lost four times four times by way of submission okay so your best bet is to get him on the ground that's what you need to do but then you know it's easier said than done of course because Conor's distance is so good <clears throat> again you know if if I was him and and I would immediately start to southpaw and start. Uh, Low kicks, low kicks, low kicks. If you can neutralize that front leg, because it's going to be very for how to, uh, for him to check because he can't turn his hip in. You know, again, I'll show you. Mm-hmm. Look, if somebody gives me a, a low kick and I just lift my leg, they're going to kick the calf, which could be breaking your bone behind there. Mm-hmm. You know, but if I put my foot and my toes are pointing like a 90 degree here, the only thing I have to do is this, poof. And now he's going to kick the full part of my shin. And once he kicks that, yeah, he, you you check a low kick like that once or twice. That's it. They're not going to give you low kicks anymore. You see, so you need to hold stance. So if 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 he stands in the bladed position, he's not going to be able to check those low kicks. And if he checks them, they're going to kick the calf, and the calf is going to be relaxed when you lift it. And a relaxed muscle, same as with the body shot. If the muscle is relaxed and then you kick it, then you go down. For instance, my last fight, when I was fighting that big guy. I was giving him a low kick, and the third low kick, I remember, like 100% I was there, I heard click. I mm. literally felt my, my shin bone hitting his thigh. That means I knew that he was, the muscle was relaxed. 
It went straight through. I literally felt bone on bone wow. through his uh, eye, and it's immediately I I to click, and I I his first thing I thought it, it's over, and immediately he started limping, and now I knew I just gave him one more, and then he fell. But you see, that is that's how effective it is if the muscle is relaxed, and you can trigger that. Like for instance, maybe we talked about this, but uh, Robin Deckers used to do that in a clinch. They would push somebody away in a high kick, but then everybody started doing just like you just said, right? The, the, mm. the, now they do what Adesanya did. But then uh, Robert Deckers was pushing, and while he was pushing, he gives a low kick. Now, I'm saying while he's pushing. If I push and then kick, it's not going to work. But you push and right away you kick. Yes, you cannot generate a lot of power, but if you push someone and he's weightless, the muscle is relaxed. And then if you hit your shin bone on it, dude, you don't need to kick hard. It goes immediately. So those are little tricks that you can do. That's what blows me away that still till this day, and I don't know why people are not doing it, mm. from a side mount. If you grab a leg from a <laughs> side mount and you put your hip all the way back and you knee the thigh on a relaxed muscle, that could be one knee, a good one. I'm not talking about the knees we're seeing, like these little stupid things. No, make it count. Load them up as far as you can. So you got a lot of room to travel, you know, more travel, more travel time and more power. And then with the kneecap, hit it as hard as you can on the thigh. That could be one fight and uh, one knee and the fight's over. That's how that, I that would be amazing to see. I'm also curious as well from the mental perspective in this fight. What do you think of it? Because he have one guy walking in and Dustin Poirier who, you know, lost that fight to Conor McGregor. Um, he's tasted defeat, and it was quite a dominant win for Connor. But then Connor's coming back. He's got that confidence of already finishing Dustin quickly. But he's been away for a while. And, you know, people are sort of saying he's not the same Connor McGregor, that his prime is behind him. Look, looking at two of the two mental games going into this fight, what do you make? Who do you think has the bigger pressure on them going in here? Well, I think Connor has the bigger pressure. That, that because he's got her, you know, he always will uh, fight that because everybody, you know, it's the, the gravitate towards him. So, and Dustin, because of the first time he lost, you know, yeah, of course he wants to win, but if he just can see this as a regular fight, whatever, you know, last time also, it was like a big long left hook, right? Hit kind of the back of the head also was a legal shot because he turned, it was not gonna a mistake that he did that. So, uh, but now he knows, don't be in that position, stay at distance, you know, and then again, stay at distance with McGregor, you know, he knows exactly mm. how to use this reach. He's really good with that. But I think there's less pressure for uh, Poirier, that, that I do believe. And I think that Poirier also knows that he needs to have this fight on the ground as fast as he can. Mm. I think it's a fascinating fight, especially considering that, uh, you know, both guys have held the belt at uh, different times in the career now it's a different weight class as well uh, but we know that the plan for connor at least uh you know on paper is to fight dustin then fight manny pacquiao afterwards um what do you think of this manny pacquiao fight for connor i don't know a lot of people kind of don't really like seeing him go into boxing a lot of people would rather see him have this season in mma and fight you know mma opponents not boxing opponents what do you think of this manny matchup well, I, 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 he's a smart man. I mean, I would do it. I mean, look at the difference in pay you're going to get. Yeah, still, he makes a lot of money in the UFC, but not like he's going to make now with Pacquiao. That got, that's going to be, again, a lot of money. Now, Pacquiao is a different kind of guy than Mayweather, though, right? I mean, mm -hmm. he's a very explosive guy. So, uh, it, he, yeah, he, it's going to be a tougher fight than Mayweather. That's what I think. Because the, the movement of Pacquiao, the in and out movement, that hyper super explosive power, you know that that that's going to be uh, that's going to be much more difficult to deal with than than a Mayweather who starts slowly and who reads his opponent, who is getting punched but not really, but then figure out where his opponent is and then slowly just goes in for the kill, very methodical. Uh, Pacquiao doesn't have that. Him, the boom, 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 and everything he hits is hard. So if you can connect that 
could be it. Because mm. I know you mentioned it right there. I mean, Floyd Mayweather is known for his defensive boxing. He's a finisher. He can finish. But he's known for his defensive boxing. And that's what we saw in the Conor McGregor fight. Whereas Manny, he's known for knocking people out and coming forward. Um, how, how would you even see that boxing match play out between Conor and Manny? Um, well, exactly like you just said right now. But Manny is not going to be like Jose Aldo walking in and that he's going to get it because he's been mm -hmm. doing this boxing for a long time. So he's going to be in and out and in and out and really fast. And he, and he knows, trust me, they, they can all say from, oh, I don't think McGregor boxing is not good. You... He went eight rounds with probably with arguably one of the best boxers on the planet, right? I mean, I think if he would have had a full tank of gas, he would have gone the distance. That's what I think, you know? And for a guy who never had a professional boxing match to do that, I dude, I was super impressed. All these fighters that said before, these boxers, oh, he's not going to be able to land the hand on him. I say, I'll take that bet. I'll put a thousand, five thousand dollars that hundred percent guarantee Conor is going to hit him. What you think, mixed martial artists get a box? It's the dumbest thing ever. You know, yeah, it's a different distance. And I know you're better with boxing, but don't believe that we can knock you out or can touch you. Of course we can. You know, so Pacquiao knows that he will be in and out, hyper movement. He fought the best guys on the planet. Uh, needless to say, he does have to watch out for that counter speed that uh, Connor has because that that's that's his biggest weapon you know he moves just out of range and then he comes back and he's so accurate if he lands it that could be trouble for Pacquiao actually yeah that's right and speaking of trouble don't get yourself into trouble by shaving your balls with a rusty knife that you found in the park that one time switch over to Manscaped's Lawnmower 3.0 the best grooming device on the planet and you don't have to use it just on your balls you can use it on other parts of your body as well anywhere it has 7000 rpm motor it has an led light it is waterproof and has up to 90 minutes of battery life and there are fantastic deals coming up ahead of black friday and cyber monday isn't that right dennis that's right. Get some speed stripes down there. What about some Tito Ortiz flames? Look mm. fashionable during the summer and get that Manscaped package now. I'm talking, of course, about the perfect package, which has that beautiful lawnmower, but also some other great products and a couple of free gifts as well. Uh, make sure that you're set for down there over the holiday period. That is at manscaped.com. And also check out their Black Friday deal which is going to be a crazy 25% off. So jump on, use the code word submission and get the special deal now. Yeah, that's right. We're giving away all the cheeky deals. Speaking of cheeky deals, you're going to love this one, right? We've been talking about Pure VPN, which helps you browse the internet safely on all your devices, your computers, your phones, your tablets, absolutely everything. Uh, they previously had 2000 servers. Now they have over 6,500 servers, which is just absolutely staggering. So you can browse the internet in a more safe way than ever. They have an even bigger deal than they've had the last few weeks. It is now the biggest uh, Black Friday discount ever, which comes at a five-year plan of $1.32 a month. So over five years, you'll only place you'll only pay $79, which is just a ridiculous plan. Use the code SUBMISSION and you get an additional 10% off. Absolutely insane, isn't it, Dennis? That's right, Cass. Why not watch uh, some Russian Christmas movies? You know, in Ukraine, <laughs> there's a female Santa and a male Santa, but you didn't know that. Now you do with Pure VPN. Check out all the Christmas content that you want. Go to purevpn.com forward slash submission and get this crazy deal. That's right. All about the crazy deals. Now, speaking of deals, it looks like there might be a deal, hopefully sometime in the near future, to get this Israel Adesanya versus Jan Blachowicz fight across the line. And it's something that we're very excited about. Now, Bas, while you said counters, somebody else 
has a very dangerous counter is none other than Polish pal Jan Blachowicz. So I am curious, when you look at this fight, how do you see this one going down and how do you see Israel dealing with the awkward style of Jan Blachowicz? Ooh, yeah, that's a hard one. You know that you got a hard-hitting guy, but we almost saw what uh, uh, Paulo also when he was, uh, yeah, he can hit, but can he connect? You know, Israel is still going to have that same speed. You know, he's going to be in and out movement, and he's going to try to attack him from the outside. That again, Blakowicz, I mean, when he comes, he comes, and he's got great accuracy as well. And if he lands, well, we know what he can do. He knocks people out left and right. So, yeah, that's again one of those. I, I, if it's a title fight, immediately I would say the uh, Blakowicz has more chances, like in the later rounds. Mm. You know, when he, I, I don't know, it's a hard one because he hits so hard. One point knockout he has. If he can connect, well, he can knock everybody out, including Alessandra. Yes, everybody can get knocked out. And he does have that power, Blakowicz has. But I always think the guy who knows really good how to stay on the outside, you know, that, that's most of the time the guy. Who's going to be in control of the fight? So for Brakovich, he needs to get a lot of stamina. This is very important, and he needs to push the fight constantly going for. I know other side is really good with moving backwards and striking, but nobody can always plant both feet on the ground at the moment of impact. And that means they cannot put their body weight in the punch. Now I always tell people, I say I'm not saying that you can knock somebody out standing on one leg. Of course you can knock somebody out. I said, but if you have both feet on the floor, especially with hooks and uppercuts, now you can turn your upper body. Now you can put your body weight in that punch. With straight punches, it's pushing off on the back leg. That's where your power comes from from a straight punch. If you're moving backwards the whole time, it's very hard to play that game, feet on the ground at the moment of impact. That's why when you face a really good striker, I would push constantly in his face. The downside is that you're going to need the boat, uh, boat load of stamina. So get the O2 trainer. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I'm, I'm sure but, it's... But you know what I'm saying? Pushing, pushing, pushing. And, and, and that's the way to, uh, to get a fight there because it's going to be hard for other side to strike with power. Yeah, I was going to say also uh, in terms of... Um... In terms of tactics, it looks like Israel would not really be putting on weight when he goes up to 205. And I think of you because you, when you were a heavyweight champion, like you weren't the biggest heavyweight champion. You weren't the biggest heavyweight in general. You were a little bit on the smaller side, but you had that sort of cardio and speed advantage. So what do you think about this tactic of Israel not wanting to put on weight when he goes up to 205, or at least not much, um, especially in comparison to, say, someone like John Jones, who you know is putting on quite a bit of weight uh, in preparation to go up to heavyweight? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm 100% with Israel. He keeps his body happy. Whatever it goes, it goes. And if it go, gets a little heavier, then so be it. But he's not going to focus on it. Just keep your body happy. Like you said, you know, I was 197 and I had to be over 200 pounds when I fought for the title. So I had to drink waters at the way. I was 197 with my jeans on the scale. So I had to drink waters for my friends in order to go over 200 pounds. Otherwise, it was not going to be a title fight. So I was always a light heavyweight indeed. But, you know, you have the speed, you know. And that's what Adesanya is counting on as well. I don't believe that somebody has 20 more pounds that he suddenly can hit way harder than you. I don't think that Adesanya never saw that kind of power. He fought some really good guys in kickboxing as well. So uh, for him, I think to stay fast and elusive, I think that's that because that's his blueprint to fighting. If he can keep doing that, that's perfect. And for him not to gain weight, I applaud it, man, because all these guys who want to try to pull out muscle, it's going to work against you, especially if you do it a short amount of time because your body is not used to carrying that extra weight. Leave it, man. Just be happy. I can't stand guys who, who, uh, who lose and then they blame it on the other because they – his opponent cut more than I did. And I go, no, you just brush up on technique. Get better. Don't blame it on so. Look for the 
blame yourself. If it doesn't work out, don't find a different weight class because he cuts more weight. No, just get better. <laughs> That's what I would say. And keep your body happy. You're beating it up every day in the gym, and then you're going to dehydrate it. You know, you take food away and that it so desperately needs and water. I don't think it's a smart thing to do. Just be be relaxed, be loose, be elusive. Just like I decided, yes, I think it's a great, great, great plan. Yeah, it's a great point. And I know that he spoke to us a couple of weeks back. He mentioned that he thinks he might be fighting John Jones at heavyweight. I'm curious, Bas. Do you think the fight, if he fights John Jones at heavyweight, do you think that fight looks different to if he fought John Jones at 205? It, it depends. Again, who, who stay, what is John Jones going to weigh if he's going to mm. be 235? I mean, you he know? says he's already 240. So who knows? That's yeah. That's that's a lot of more weight to carry with him than since his last fight. But you know what? Still, uh, when was his last fight? It's just been over quite a while, right? Mm, yeah. We're talking John Jones also. I mean, he's a he's a freak of nature. This guy. So I think he will. Uh, I will. He will do just fine. But if it's if it came that those thirty five pounds or forty pounds in a small amount of time, I, I never think that's a good idea. Hmm. Let me ask you this. Uh, when it comes to sort of John Jones moving up in weight, you know, a lot of people want to see him face Stipe Miocic, uh, all Francis Ngannou is the other one. But who do you think would, would have more success against Stipe, uh, DC or John Jones? Obviously, we saw how the DC fights played out, but do you think John Jones can have more success than, than DC? Um, yeah, I think so because he's got longer reach. And uh, and his takedowns are really good as well, but uh, and if he decides to go for a takedown, well, most of the time he's going to get it. So I think that if he uses his reach, he's got a freaky long reach, and he's picking him on the outside and suddenly go for a takedown, and you can't take Steeper down, you know that that could be trouble for Steeper. So yeah, I, I I think he will be more trouble for Steeper than uh, than DC will be. That's what I think. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the clinch as well, because John Jones does such good work in the clinch. But then we saw DC was able to do good work in the clinch too. So it's going to be a fascinating aspect of the fight. Just quickly, Buzz, before we speak about karate combat, I just want to get your thoughts on this Mike Tyson-Roy Jones Jr. fight that's happening this weekend. I'm actually really excited to see Mike Tyson back. And I'm a huge fan of Roy Jones as well. So I'm happy both guys are getting a payday out of this. Um, what are you expecting uh, from this 54-year-old version of Mike Tyson, who's seemingly in the best shape of his life? He looks great, man. Like, I've been very fortunate. I've seen him work out a bunch of times, uh, been there. and uh, you, were there, was, you, were there, you were there to see him work out for this fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. Yeah. yeah. I haven't been last time because now, you know, when we would go, you, you needed to do a COVID test before. You, you listen. I don't want to be that guy that if he by accident gets COVID or something that they might see, oh, that maybe maybe he brought it in, you know. So I go, no, I stay far away from that. I'm not going to do it. But you know what I saw with him, uh, Rafael Cordero and Billy White, you know, they're working uh, uh, with Mike, and and he looks powerful. And I mean, they always say that you will lose the speed the first and the strength you keep, like old man strength, mm -hmm. what they always talk about. But I can tell you that he has both, <laughs> you know, so he's really freaking fast. So, uh, yeah, he's going to be just fine. But Roy Jones Jr., man, don't don't count that guy out. He knows what he's going to take. He knows what he's go who's he, who he's going to fight. He's going to be that guy like Arasanya now. He's not going to fight in there with the Tyson. He can't because if, he get, if Tyson connects the fight, it's going to be over. We all know he has probably the strongest puncher in the world. 
So he's going to try to pick him outside, uh, pick him uh, apart from the outside. That's what he's going to try to do. And, and Mike just has to see if he can get him in a corner or just lands one of the points. That's a great thing about being Mike Tyson. You know that if a punch lands, that's pretty much the end of the fight. Mm, I love Mike Tyson. I, I just love his mindset when he goes into a fight. He he get, becomes a savage and just wants to be the king of the world. And I love seeing that. It's, it's so much fun seeing this fight come together. Let's talk about karate combat, though, because, man, this has been one of the most exciting shows on TV. And I know uh, some people might have missed out on some of the fights. So sort of catch us up a little, Bass. What are a few of the fights and a few of the moments that people need to jump on right after this interview and check out ASAP because there's been some unbelievable finishes. Yeah, so, okay, so it's very simple, karate.com. Just go there, all the information you need to know, that's the website from Karate Combat. I'm still trying to figure out how much they paid for that domain name, but they won't tell me. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be a lot, I mean, karate.com, that's a big name. So uh, they have it, think about this, these are Olympic karatekas that normally go to the Olympics to compete, semi-contact, now they face fighting uh, each other full contact. So in the beginning, it needed a little mm, redo, so to say, because they were going, they would stop. And then the opponent, if he did some kickboxing, he would just come with combinations and count them. They'd be like, oh, shit, we got to keep on going. So most of these guys, they also started kickboxing on the side and tie boxing. So they, you know, they, they throw more combinations. You saw them with head kicks. They had a head kick, they connect, and then they stop. You know, it's almost like uh, Tyron, uh, Tyron Spong when he fought for the World Series of Fighting at the time, but before it became the PFL. I remember he came from kickboxing and he drops his opponent, and he falls down and he walks to the corner for an eight count. And everybody goes, no, fight, fight. This is MMA, you know, there is no eight count. You're used to those kind of things. And, and we see now fighters like a Joshua Quay Hagen that I just mentioned, who is also a good, great kickboxer. He got a lot of heart. I mean... Uh, he's doing really well. Edgar Screevers, I mean, he was last week's show. I mean, you got to see this guy, man. And he's so good. Uh, he's a Russian dude. He said, yes, boss, I mentally broke him, you know, because <laughs> he could not talk my strength. He's literally talking like that. And then you think, is this guy serious? And then he goes, and then he walks away. You know, that little smile on his face. Man, that guy, watch out for that guy. Gustavo, um, he's El Capitan, they call him. This guy is so good. It's almost like you're watching a fight scene. Like they give a front kick, he will move out of the way. He will duck kicks. He will. You've never seen anything like it, you know. And the guy's an animal. So to see those guys and the ladies doing really well, I think it's a really great show. It especially now became its own. You know, now everybody starts fighting like like with combinations. You know, so uh, for what I understand is, uh, I talked to uh, Adam Kovacs, Kovacs, and he um, he said that for one more year, they, it's only Karatekas. They leave in, and then once everybody's really used to the system, they got to let everybody come in, you oh, know, wow. for conversation as well. So, yeah, I think it's really cool. I reckon it's really cool, and I love it because uh, even though the UFC is fun to watch, this is something new and fresh, and it kind of reminds me of back in the day when you could watch Pancras, you could watch Pride, you could watch all sorts of different leagues, and this is kind of bringing that back. So make sure to check that out, like you mentioned, on karate.com. You can also check it out here in Australia on BN Sports. And uh, they have a really good social media at Karate Combat, too, because they have a lot of really good highlight clips. And just quickly as well, you mentioned it at the start, Bass, but I want to reinforce this because this is a great product. Christmas is coming up. There's nothing better than the Bass O2 Trainer, and that's at o2trainer.com. And, of course, you have to follow Bass for all of his great projects that are coming up at Bass Root and MMA. Bass, anything else coming up uh, ahead of Christmas that people need to keep an eye open for, apart from, you know, the presents? 
no, not nothing yet. Uh, probably the beginning of the new year, Karate Combat again. Uh, so that's the only thing that I have booked right now. We, we are working on something else, something with a TV show to do and, and interviewing, and that looks really good as well. There's another... As in MMA-related or, or something different? Yes, MMA related, but I, I just interview everybody, you know, but it's, uh, it, it, it's going to be part of the Pancras. There's going to be a Pancras show again with the same rules. We're going to do that as well. Guy Metzger is doing this right now. We're all with a big team. You know, he's focused on that. I do this this show. Hopefully that's going to be we're going to get it off the floor. I, I meet the producer. We already talked. I meet him next Tuesday to get with the other person. And, uh, you know, so so that's in the. In the works, so to say. Let, let, let's let's see if it uh, works out. But I, I think we could have a lot of fun. I want to have wow. a funny, happy show where everybody, you know, you can watch it before you go to sleep. Not like the news nowadays because <laughs> I can't sleep. <laughs> it's bizarre. So crazy. So when you say pancreas, you mean like a fight promotion? Like actual, like a, like a fight promotion? Exactly. Yep. You know, and we're going to also do the rules again. Open hand strikes, you know, that we, we're going to do a lot of those rules. I think there's really an... Uh, at this moment, I think it could be really good. You know, I, I was talking about this in, in the past. You know, if you if you look at my record, you got I have 15 submission victories, but it says that I submitted 43 people. They go, hmm. how is that possible? Because of the rope escapes. Now think about this. Sometimes I had a fight one time where I submitted one a person because it was a half hour fight. You can get five red cards. So if I would knock him down five times, fight is over. If he grabs the rope five times. Fight is over. I did the maximum. So I submitted him five times in one fight. Mm. But that's five fights. So for me, normally, I would take him down. I broke my hand on the first point. See, this thing. That, that was from that fight. So I had to go for submissions. I submitted him, but he was close to the rope. Touched the rope. Rope escape. Step back up. Fight number two goes. <laughs> so a lot of these fighters have a lot of ring time, you know. And that's why a lot of the, How many? I went, We had eight uh, UFC champions coming from Pancras. There's a lot of guys from Pancras who became UFC champions. And I believe that was because of that. Because normally you submit somebody, fight's over. No, not now. If he was escaping, you could step back up and then restart. That is fight number two of the evening. So sometimes you fought five fights in one night, so to say. You have more time. You get more relaxed. You know, you can trick. Uh, you can try more things out. And that's how you grow as a fighter. So I, I, I think it's a great learning a tool and I think it's great for the people at home and now as well because now we understand submissions and what goes on on the floor you know so, so now if it does go to the ground people don't stop booing right away you know because they understand what's going on so I think uh, it will be great with that rule set awesome man well look we look forward to a bus and we could chat to you all day but uh, we'll let you go man and uh, if we don't speak to you before Christmas have an awesome Christmas and uh, we'll definitely chat to you soon man thanks for your time you're very welcome guys Godspeed Osu is what they say right O-S-U. Always remember that everybody is O-S. No, it's O-S-U. Two words. O-S-U means push, and Shinobu means endure. Together, that makes O-S-U. O-S-U. So from now on, every karateka, O-S-U. O-S-U. Thanks, Vas. Thanks, Vas. Bye.